Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Coach always says it's mental and physical stamina. Who can play the longest, the hardest, and, you know, just, just play every play. So third down and long. A twist up front, able to collapse the pocket. Fields keeps it alive. There's a wide open Pettis. Pettis down the sideline and in. Fields giving time. End zone. Touchdown. St. Brown. And would you believe this? The Bears lead in the fourth quarter. Defense did a great job. First half, only giving up seven points. You know, Bojack came up with the clutch pick. On third and five, Lance Gibbs intercepted by Eddie Jackson. We won this game with mental and physical stamina. I'm proud of the defense, proud of the O-line, just, just proud of everybody. Now, here's Kevin Powell. And how about that? A 19-10 Bears victory over the San Francisco 49ers. On a rainy, nasty day at Soldier Field, Bears over San Francisco 19-10. They did enough. They found a way. And I think uh, the, the messaging for Matt Eberflus all offseason and camp leading up to this season was on display in the Bears' victory. The whole hits principle, creating turnovers, all of that. It was encouraging to see them play that way. And uh, Look, I don't know if this is a sign of, of many wins to come for the Bears, but if they can continue to compete like that week in and week out, I think it'll be a much more enjoyable season for everybody, for the fans, for the team, obviously. Um, you know, you look at the 49ers roster, and it, you absolutely think it's better than the Bears, but Bears went out and beat them. I think the rain probably helped the Bears a little bit, but um, they were dealing with the same elements. You look at the amount of penalties that the 49ers had, and, you know, some are pointing to that as the 49ers gifted it to the Bears, but Bears didn't commit penalties. You know, they had three penalties. One of them was that weird towel drying, you know, foreign object to dry the field penalty. You take that away, they had two penalties. So that was impressive from the Bears. Um, they're one and oh, and the Packers lost. It was a good day for Bears fans. Bears at Lambeau Sunday night in week two. Uh, my guest on this episode, episode 41, is Herb Howard from the Bigs. He covers the Bears closely and does a great job doing it. He joined me to break down the Bears week one victory. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Herb Howard. He covers the Bears for the Bigs. And Herb, it was a messy, nasty, sloppy monsoon of a game at Soldier Field. You were there. I was there. Uh, you know, there was a chunk in the middle of the game where the rain wasn't too heavy. And then at, at the very end, it was almost like a gift for the Bears, to be honest, now that I think about it. With the amount of rain that was coming at the end, it made it next to impossible to really create anything on the offensive side of the ball. First of all, thanks for joining me. Um, I guess just your initial reaction to that victory, which which wasn't the prettiest of wins, but it was a win. Yeah, no, Kevin, I'm right there with you, and thanks for having me on. It was not pretty at all, but it doesn't have to be, right? It's got to walk away with the win, and you take them how they come. And yesterday it came in a, in a bit of an ugly fashion. The offense took a long time to kind of get going. Uh, and then when they got going in the second half, they actually got the big play from Justin Fields where he scrambles out to his left and hits wide open Dante Pettis for a 51-yard touchdown. And I think that's just kind of how, how it's going to have to be. They're going to have to continue to just fight, you know, keep keep fighting, keep plugging away. And then wait for the opportunities, and when they come, they'll have to take advantage of them. That's what they did yesterday. Yeah, and I think leading up to this, with Matt Eberflus and his new coaching staff, and the hits principle is one thing, but I think all of us really just wanted to see a competent, 
coaching staff here in Chicago. Uh, you know, it was not it was not good over the previous few years where there were a lot of dumb penalties and it just looked like a team that had a lot of talent but continued to get it in its own way. And look, I, I know some are pointing to the fact that the 49ers had 12 penalties for 99 yards and they kind of gifted mm-hmm, the Bears mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay, but I can flip that and say, well, the Bears only had three penalties. So Absolutely. I think that's a sign of a, uh, of a well-coached team. I think you did see some of the hits principle stuff and the guys talked about it in the locker room after the game where it's the hustle and intensity and the, the takeaways that came. Eddie Jackson finally getting his hands on the ball again. Um so, yeah, I mean, sure, you can look at it one way, 49ers gave, gave it away, or you can look at it and say the Bears were steady, right, from start to finish. They, the offense struggled, as you said, but only three penalties, Herb. I, I was impressed overall by the, by the way they were, and I think Justin Fields put it, the, the mental and physical stamina throughout the game. Yeah, I think that that's not by happenstance. That is something that they have been preaching. It's something that they've been working on. We've heard Iberflus and the rest of the coaching staff talk about it at nauseam since they've gotten here. And now you're hearing the players talk about it. You're not just hearing it from the coaches. You're hearing the players talk about the hits principle unprompted. And so you know that they're kind of buying into what the coaches are selling. They all believe. And you're seeing it take place on the field. Last year, the Bears were averaging 100 yards in penalties every game. That's a touchdown on the board or off the board. You know, every, every single game. And so now you have this team. They get three penalties, 26 yards. And one of them was the was the infamous towel penalty that cost him 15 yards. Right. So we're talking about Two penalties, 11 yards, that's playing disciplined football. That's not beating yourself. That's giving yourself an opportunity when the game is on the line at the end of the game. The Bears were being thoroughly dominated in the first half of this game, but the scoreboard didn't reflect it because the defense kept them in it. They kept fighting, and the offense, to their credit, they just kept plugging away. Nothing was working. They weren't able to run the ball. They weren't able to hold up in pass protection. But they they, they never gave in. They never quit. They never started to doubt each other. They continued to believe. They continued to fight. And they gave themselves an opportunity in the second half, and they seized on those opportunities. And to your point, once the Bears got the lead, the the weather just kind of came back on their side. It was pouring down just before the game, and the, the, the... Playing service was an absolute puddle. Shout out to the grounds crew because they did a good job of just trying to somewhat dry the field to make it a playable surface, and then the rain kind of let up. But towards the end of the game, once the Bears were up two possessions, that rain came back with a vengeance, and there was no way the 49ers were going to be able to move up and down that field to put uh, 10 points on the board in, in four minutes, not in, not in those conditions. And so, uh, listen, you can say that the 49ers gave it away, but you also have to give the Bears credit for playing disciplined football and not being themselves. 100%. And I think, you know, Look, the rain, I'm sure, helped a little bit, and it was a scrappy game and all of that. And I don't know how many wins the Bears are going to be able to pull off in games like this. Obviously, the rain's not going to factor in every week. But something they can take week to week is being a smart football team. Everything we talked about, you and I talked about this going uh, uh, throughout camp and going into the regular season. I mean, look. No disrespect to the Bears players, but I would say that everybody would agree the 49ers have a better overall roster. I mean, they have a ton of talent on that roster. So if the Bears can take some of these, you know, philosophies that Matt Eberflus is trying to instill in the hustle and the intensity and the hits principle and playing smart football and no dumb penalties, I think they're going to be a much tougher team for the entire season if they can do that week in and week out. I don't think it's always going to necessarily translate to wins because of the talent part of it. Um, but but this is stuff that, that well-coached teams do week in and week out. It's just playing smart football. And if they can do it every week, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, they're going to give themselves a chance every single week. I don't think they're going to blow anybody out, but I also don't think anybody's going to blow them out because 
they are going to continue to play tough. They're going to fight you every single down for a full four quarters. They're going to hustle. You saw how that defense was rallying to the ball yesterday. Rarely did you see the Bears have to make one-on-one tackles yesterday. They were constantly getting four, five, six guys to the ball. That's the mentality that they're going to play with, and it's going to give them an opportunity to play above maybe where their talent would dictate. And so I think that as long as they continue to do that, it's going to give them an opportunity to be in games. And then once you're in a game, you just need somebody to make a play. And they've got a special, special uh, quarterback in terms of his athleticism to be able to make plays. And we saw that yesterday. The game changed for them offensively when he spun out to his left, scrambled in ball some time, avoiding the sack, and then looks up and you got a wide receiver wide open down the field for a 51-yard touchdown that kind of got them kind of rolling and feeling good about themselves. Then the defense comes through. Eddie Jackson, like you, as you mentioned earlier, comes through with one of his vintage interceptions where you kind of felt like the other team was on the ropes and you kind of just needed mm-hmm. that knockout punch from the defense, and Eddie Jackson provided it with that particular interception. And so uh, that's going to be their formula going forward. I don't expect them to be able to win shootouts in 30-point games or anything like that. So if they can keep it close, the defense should keep them in it. They'll find a ways to get uh, opportunities to turnovers, make the plays that you have to on offense, and they'll give themselves a chance against most things. You know, we were uh, allowed back in the locker room after the game for the first time since 2019. That was great to be back in. It felt normal for us reporters. And I will say that, like, look, they obviously were happy. They came away with a win. But Matt Eberflew said after the game that he wasn't surprised. He was asked, uh, you know, a lot of people around the league might be surprised by the results of the game. And he says he wasn't surprised. I would say at least, and you were in there, Herb, um, the, the feeling I got was, one, of course they were happy there was a win, but it they, it didn't come off like they just won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I think they fully anticipated themselves being in this game. I, I don't know. Did you feel that at all? What, what yeah. kind of sense did you get the line? And I'm, I'm saying that because I think that's a good thing, right? Because if they're jumping up and down like, you yeah. know, they, they pulled off the biggest upset ever, uh, I think it gives you a different sort of sense of where they think they are as a team. I felt like a lot of them kind of just like that was work. We went to work. We took care of the job. Did you feel the same way? Yeah, 100%. I'm right there with you, Kevin. Listen, these guys, we can talk about you know reporters and analysts across the country if you want. These guys don't think that they are undermanned. They think that they are supposed to go out and win every football game they play in. They believe in themselves. They understand that they put the work in. They are committed to getting better. Every single day, you're getting 1% better. They understand the ebb and flow that's going to come within a game and within a season, but they seem to have the mental makeup to kind of ride it out. We understood coming into this game that you had a fifth-round rookie left tackle going up against one of the premier pass rushers in the league. And and everybody, from Justin Fields to the coaching to Braxton Jones himself, said, listen, Nick's probably going to win a couple reps, but I can't let one bad play turn into two and three and four. I've got to just move on to the next play. We saw him do that. Of course, Nick Bosa was going to win a couple of reps over the course of the game, but you saw him continue to fight, and that's been the mentality of this this, this entire team. None of them are surprised to beat that to win. They aren't surprised when they go out there and do well. I asked Robert Quinn last week. I was standing at his locker at Hallis, and I said, you know, have you thought about the potential of you know you starting out fast this year in terms of sack production, and then getting to the trade deadline, and then maybe you become trade bait for a team that has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations this year. And he kind of looked at me and he said, well, why can't that team be us? And I was kind of blown away, Kevin. I was like, well, dang, he's, <laughs> he's right. Like, I kind of just disrespected this man and his whole team. Like, y'all not going to be a Super Bowl contender, but maybe you'll end up on one. He's like, well, why not us? And I was like, wow, I, I didn't even consider that as a possibility, sir, but you are absolutely right. I apologize, right? Because that's, that's what they think. We all think that they don't have a single chance, but they all think they absolutely could be a player this season. And so 
listen, that's the mentality that they have to have. It's, it's nice to see it, and I think they're going to continue to carry that along. And every time they pull out a win in their style of play, which is just about being gritty, being tough, and playing a full four quarters, that confidence is only going to grow. Yeah, you love hearing it. I mean, I think we can all agree they're probably one off season away from being a serious contender. But hey, if they can continue yeah. to compete like they did in the opener against the 49ers, I think it's going to be a much more enjoyable season for everybody um, than what some might have anticipated. Uh, speaking of edge rushers, you talked to Robert Quinn. Uh, I know after the game we talked to Dominique Robinson as well. And mm-hmm. he had 28 plays. That was means he was on the field uh uh, for 41% of the snaps. Herb, I would say he, he was noticeable all game. And I, I thought I thought he was a big-time standout player. He had a sack and a half. At, um, uh, there was some questions even if he was going to play in the game and he was contributing on special teams as well. Every time I watched him, I was like, this dude's hustling out there. This guy's a football player. And I think he's got a lot of upside. I thought of among players that stood out to me yesterday, he, he might have been the most impressive, to be honest. No, I, I agree with you. He, I was surprised to see how many snaps that he was out, out there on the field for and then his level of productivity. I mean, he's hustling down the field. One particular play, somewhere around the second quarter, about seven minutes left or so, Trey Lance takes off on a run, and Dominic Robinson had rushed up the field. Lance comes past him. He plants his foot in the ground, chases him down 12 yards down the field and makes a tackle. This guy is constantly competing. He obviously got the one and a half sacks. It could have been two. Roquan kind of jumped in there and helped him out later. Um, but this guy, he told me, he said, listen, when I, my first game after I moved from wide receiver to defensive end in college, I had two sacks in that game, too. It's like, so this is just kind of par for the course for you. And he's like, yeah, and I think that he, every time he's got an opportunity, he's, he's proven himself to be worthy, and he's going to continue to get more and more opportunities as he plays that way. I, I don't want to – I don't want to kind of overhype this thing, Kevin, but you look at this draft class, and it has the potential to be an all-time great draft class. Just looking at what they did – First of all, they came into it, they had five draft picks available. Brian Poles kind of maneuvers up and down the board. He ends up getting 11 picks, and already you got four of these guys starting. I'm going to go out right now and say that Jaquan Brisker is going to be a perennial pro bowl. He's going to be an absolute stud in this league. I think that Kyler Gordon has similar potential. You've already got uh, your left tackle that you found in the fifth round. He's going to be given every opportunity to be the Bears' left tackle for the future. And then you talk about Dominique Robinson, who could be the steal of the draft. He continues along this trajectory and has anything close to the kind of production that he had yesterday throughout the rest of the season. That's going to be the steal of the draft in the fifth round from a guy who was a wide receiver two years ago. I mean, they got their punter, who Trent Gill is going to be a huge factor for this team. He's got to be a weapon for the Bears. He seems to have all of the tools to be able to flip the field for them and help out the defense, bail out the offense. He's going to be doing those things. And that's before you even talk about Bayless Jones. Their third-round pick, the speedy receiver, who everybody has high expectations for, for him to be a dynamic contributor offensively and in the return game. You talk about Tristan Ebner, his versatile, unique skill set. We've already seen these things on display. I'm not saying that all these kids are going to reach their full potential, but if they continue along this trajectory, this could be one of the very best draft class the Bears have ever had, and they did it without a first-round pick. Yeah, look, I mean, we all understand the perspective here that it's one game, but I think the encouraging part of yesterday, Herb, was that everything that, that Matt Eberflus has been preaching and the way Ryan Poles approached this offseason, which was flip the roster, mm-hmm. flip the culture, build from the draft, get younger, everything Eberflus has preached and, and the direction that Ryan Poles wants to take this team, it was kind of all on display yesterday. You know what I mean? Like that, Like, that was... 
that's why it's really encouraging. Again, one game I understand, but we can still take take in what we saw, and we saw the whole hits yeah. principle. We saw takeaways, and we saw guys that Ryan Poles brought in, younger guys, rookies, uh, mm-hmm. contributing. You know, it wasn't all perfect, but I think I think that's what I'm no. I'm so encouraged about from from one game is that it everything that they're trying to build was on display yesterday. It was the perfect blueprint of who they want to be and how they want to play and how they're going about building this thing. They've got 42% of this roster first or second year players, right? So you've already flipped the roster. You've already kind of implemented this mentality, this hits principle of how they want to go about their business. And all of that was on display. You got production from your young players. You got the hustle, the effort, the intensity, the takeaways, the smart situational football. You got all of those things from your team yesterday, and that's exactly who we've heard them say they want to be, and that's what's encouraging about it. If they had won this game in some manner other than what they've talked about, then maybe it's not that encouraging. But you say, this is what we want to be. You see them go out there and do it, and it turns into a victory for them. Uh, that's got to be encouraging for anybody observing this team and certainly for the people within that locker room. Yeah, it was interesting, too, to see Khalil Herbert kind of get some good chunks in there, too. David Montgomery only had 26 yards on 17 carries, but they've, you know, they found success with the running back position, which we all felt good. Uh, Herbert had nine, nine carries, 45 yards at a touchdown, so that was encouraging. Uh, Justin Fields, what did you think? I thought early on he looked, um, you know, the knock against Fields has been maybe he hangs on to the ball a little bit too long. We saw it a little bit early, but... A guy with that skill set, it's only a matter of time before he pops off a big play here or there, and that ended up happening. So what what did you think of Fields? Um, numbers obviously not overwhelming, but it was a nasty game, and, and, and he did make a couple big ones. But what did you think of Fields overall? Yeah, I don't think we're going to be able to really assess him based off statistics throughout the entirety of this season, but I thought that he did what he did enough. Right, I think that he's still going to be developing throughout the season in terms of the process where he's at, learning this offense, digesting it. I think he is at the point now where he certainly understands what he's looking at pre-snap. He understands what the defense is doing to him, what they're trying to get done based on their alignment, and he certainly understands what he wants to do offensively. The next step in his development for me is going to be how quickly he's able to decipher what happens to him post-snap and how quickly he can get to his answers in his offense. And so I think that's kind of the next step that we see. I think that's, I think he got fooled on the interception. Uh, that we saw from him yesterday. They had brought the safety down to the line of scrimmage, and right at the snap, he kind of bailed out, and it kind of went from this appearance of a cover three to almost a cover two look, and I just don't think that Justin saw him kind of bail back out and then easily come over and take that interception when he thought he had Mooney open. So just getting to understand what happens to me post-snap is going to be the next step in his development, but it's understandable. He's a second-year quarterback, already learning his second system. It's going to be a process. It's going to take time. He's going to have to see these adjustments more often. He's going to have to see it on tape. But as he does, I think he's going to be uh, well-equipped to continue to make the plays. He's got all the physical tools. He has the mental makeup. I know that he puts the work in. He's going to get this thing. It's just going to take some time. But in the meantime, while he's working on that aspect, the athleticism is undeniable and it's going to give him a chance to kind of make something out of nothing, to scramble around. And I think that's actually something that they, use, they need to use more of. Listen, he's a weapon with the ball in his hands. I know you don't want to put him in harm's way. I get that. But he's a weapon with the ball in his hands, and so you may as well go ahead and use it. I would certainly look for the Bears to utilize his athleticism by design runs even more going forward. Yeah, and Kyle Shanahan, who's regarded as one of the top offensive minds in all the football, they had a they had a good amount of those with Trey Lance yesterday where they were designed run plays. So I completely agree. It's you know, it's a fine line. You don't want to continue to get your quarterback hammered out there, but at the same time, 
why not utilize the legs and the running ability of Justin Fields? Um, last question, Herb. How do you think this offensive line shakes out? Because uh, Lucas Patrick active, Tevin Jenkins starts at right guard, Mustafer center. I think the other three spots, we have a good idea of how how those are going to play out in Jones, Whitehair, and Borum. Um, but that center right guard, you got three guys, and the right guard was Patrick and Jenkins kind of rotating, and Matt Eberflew said after the game that was the plan all week. Um, what, what do you think happens there? you think Patrick goes back to center and Jenkins wins over right guard? How do you see that shaking out? Yeah, that's pretty much how I see it shaking out. I know they have to kind of get Patrick, you know, back up and running, acclimated. He's been out for a while, and so you want to kind of get him you know, some game reps and rotating them in and try to get his legs underneath him, so to speak. He's not quite ready to snap yet, but when he is, I think you plug him in at center. I think Tevin Jenkins continues to develop at guard, and Sam Mustaker becomes, you know, that swing interior guy that can play, you know, guard. He can play center for you, and so I think that's kind of how it's going to shake out. Yesterday, they weren't able to get a lot done in terms of the running game. I know that, you know, Khalil Herbert was able to average five yards, but just in that first half, they weren't able to gain much traction, kind of move guys around. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal front that the 49ers have, one of the best in the league. Uh, but I, it's not like this offensive line played so well that you just don't want to shuffle it around. So I think that, you know, Lucas Patrick will come in and he'll be the center. And I think Kevin Jenkins will remain a guard and, and Sam Mush will kind of be the swing guy on the interior. Hey, great week uh, one for Bears fans. Bears pull out the victory, and the Packers look horrible at Minnesota and lose. So, uh, all you can ask for is a Bears fan. That's <laughs> right. A Bears win and a Packers loss on the same day is always a great day for Bears fans. You think they've got? Um, we got all week to talk about this, but do, any shot up at up at Lambeau? You think Sunday night? Yeah, I think they got a shot. I think they certainly believe they have a shot. They're going to go in there uh, fully confident and expecting to play well. I'm sure that, you know, Alan Williams, that defensive staff, will start to pick the brain of, of Coach Luke Getzey and try to dig a little bit deeper into what that offense likes to do. And, again, it's going to take the same formula. They're going to have to play at four four quarters. They're going to have to protect the ball offensively, be opportunistic, take it away when the opportunities present themselves defensively. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't provide you a lot of those opportunities, but perhaps they could be fumbles, punching the ball out, those types of things, maybe even in the kicking game, try to break a play there. I think that's going to be their formula. It doesn't have to be pretty. You take them as they come, and if they can kind of muck this game up again on Sunday night, I'll give them a chance in the fourth quarter, and, and we'll see. I'm certainly not predicting that the Bears will win, but I do think that they will play their style of uh, a style of ball and give themselves a chance late in the game. And they're going to be hyped going up to Lambeau Sunday night. Uh, he's Herb Howard. Follow him on Twitter at Herb Howard four one one. Follow his stuff uh, with the Bigs as well. Herb, Herb does a great job covering the Bears. Uh, Herb, thanks so much for jumping on, man. I appreciate it. Great seeing you out at the uh, at Soldier and um, Bears one to zero. How about that? Thanks again, Herb. It was definitely great to see you, man. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, all right, Herb. We'll talk. And that's going to do it for episode 41 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. Uh, Ernie's the guy who creates the opens for the podcast, does a great job doing that. He's extremely talented, so I'm grateful to Ernie Scatton for his help uh, continuing to produce those opens for the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you to Herb Howard for joining me, and thank you for listening. It's a Bears victory week, 19-10 over the 49ers. More podcasts to come. We'll preview the Bears at Lambeau Sunday night. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.